Well, God is good, isn't he? I want you to take your Bibles for a few minutes. Uh, I'm not going to be long. I know our service time is going. In fact, I'm not even going to preach the word I have this morning because our time is gone. But I want you to jump with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Amen. How many of you believe that we are a Joshua generation? And uh, the Lord, I, I want to just say something to you folks. You know, I, I've, I've been gone for a week and I was on vacation. But I want to remind something to you that in the past month, do you, rem- do you remember when Pastor Iverson was here? And then Pastor Doug Sherman came, a real prophet of God came to this church. And I, I felt like the Lord, uh, this really wasn't my message today, but uh, I'll just bring that into the next Sunday because of what I, I wanted to share on that. But I, I felt like as, as we were ministering and praying over these people, the Holy Spirit was saying that I was to, to de- declare over this church that this is a Joshua generation. A Joshua, now you know Jesus in the new covenant is the Joshua. In fact, Jesus means Joshua, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, but he was the Joshua. And I, one of the things that Pastor Iverson shared, a, a prophetic word even over this church, he spoke on compassion. Brother Pastor Iverson, about a month ago, spoke on the subject of compassion. And he says, there is a call and a mission that God has for this house. I believe that God has a calling on this house, this corporate people. And if God has planted you in this house, you're part of that calling. And and then secondly, Brother Doug came Sherman, uh, two weeks later, and he had an, a very interesting word, if you recall, on that Sunday night. In fact, he, he was really kind of disturbed in his spirit, and, and he said, the Lord is going to be bringing some transition in this house. And uh, everyone say transition. Uh, use, let's say the word change. Amen. How many of you believe that God... Uh, Anything that, by the way, anything that is not changing, anything that is not moving is dying. And so we want to be a group of people that are constantly moving and growing. Amen. You know, I have three grandchildren and I love my grandchildren to death. My wife and I, we were kind of uh, feeling sad because we know that our grandbabies right now, they're so cute and they're fun and grandpa and grandma is everything to them. But we know there's a day coming when that's not going to be the same. And, uh, but I do want to say as much as I love my granddaughter and my two grandsons the way they are, I do want them to change. I do want them to grow up and we really want them to come out of diapers and we really want them to walk and talk and grow and be productive. Amen. Amen. I love babies and God loves babies. But how many of you know, if we stay babies all our life, things are not going to really get accomplished. And so God, God is desiring a church to really come to the fullness of what he's doing. And I want you to actually, before you go into Galatians, or, uh, I'm sorry, do Joshua 1, go back with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Just a couple verses, a couple thoughts I want to leave with you this morning. And then we're going to pray, dismiss. In Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, if you would mind. Ephesians chapter 3. 
it says this in verse 10. Very powerful scripture here. It says, He who descended, the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church at Ephesus, is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Everyone say all things. Jesus, who descended and has now ascended, has filled all things. That means you. That means he's come to fill you with all things, not some things. God has not limited what he has wanted to. He has given you knowledge. He's given you power. He's given you redemption. He's given you the knowledge of God. He's given you open heavens. He's given you all things. Now, this is really important because God does not just come to give you all things and doesn't come to equip you without having something in mind. Amen. You see, you you have a destiny. You have a purpose. And one of the things that I believe that what God is doing in our city, in our church, in the lives of families today, he's healing, he's restoring, he's renewing our minds He's helping us recognize what our true identity is in Christ. Amen? And that we are the children. We are the sons of light. We are the sons of the firstborn. But in Joshua chapter 1, go back with me. It says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, verse 1, chapter 1, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Everyone say, is dead. I want you to realize something, that Joshua generation moves from dead things. They shake themselves from things that keep or bring death. People, part of a Joshua or a Jesus generation brings and touches living things. God is here to bring life God wants you to know that you also are magnetic. There's something about you that brings life. You touch life. You, you dispense life in yourself. Because it's not you. It's Christ in you. The hope of glory. If there's something powerful. And you see, the devil always wants to slow the church. He wants to blind the people. He wants to limit God's people from what they are. And here we find for 40 years, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. They went into circles. The Bible says that they murmured and complained in the desert. God had this beautiful promised land setting before them. It was only an eight days journey by foot. But God allowed them to wander in the wilderness. And the Bible says because their hearts were hardened through unbelief and because of disobedience, they died in the wilderness. They never came into their promised land. And the word of the Lord to me this morning, I'm, in fact, the Lord just gave this to me as I was standing. We were praying here for Brother Zach and his wife. The Lord spoke to me, said, Ray, you need to tell my fellowship that there's more that I want my people to begin to move into those things which I have promised to them now. It's time now to move into those promises. God has spoken to my heart. He says, some of you have received prophetic words. You have received visions. You've received words from the Lord and you let dust 
collect on those prophetic words. And God is saying, it's time to stir up the gift. It's time to arise. It's time to report for duty. It's time to let Moses die. When God told Joshua and the Israelites, Moses, my servant, is dead. The reason was, is because there's a problem with humanity. The problem with us is that we tend to live our lives living and looking in the rearview mirror. We tend to look at what we know. We tend to reflect and we, we, we uh, make decisions in the future based on where we've come from. And God wants you to know that the purpose of the cross was to completely destroy the effectiveness and the power of your past so that you would realize that you have right now Jesus on your side, the captain of the army of the host of heaven is on your side and there is no limit, there is nothing withholding what God wants to do and what he can do in your life. He wants us to arise with visions, dreams, wants us to arise with a sense of creativity. He does not want us to be afraid of the giants that are in the land. Do you know that the promised land, a lot of people, I remember seeing it when I was growing up in church, I always thought that the promised land was heaven. Our hymns, I hate to tell you folks, but our hymns are wrong theologically. The promised land is not heaven. How many of you know that the promised land had giants in them? There's no giants in heaven. The promised land had to do with you coming into your spiritual inheritance in Christ. You are the church of the firstborn, the church of the double portion. You are a church that is to recognize as spiritual sons and daughters who have been brought into an adoption that you are now children of a king. And, you're start, and we need to start recognizing that we fall into a seed line that is in royalty. There's royalty in our blood. We are to start talking and thinking and acting and living like kings. Now, I know that some of us think of think kings on earth today, and that's part of the renewing of our minds. Because the kings I'm talking to you about, the king of kings, is not like the kings of the earth. The kings of the earth that we recognize and associate with are usually kings that are cowards. They're kings that are selfish. These kings on earth usually send their subjects into battle to die for them. But we have a king of a kingdom who went to die for his people. He was a king who laid his life down for his people. He's a king. He's a great king. He's a king who is worthy of our praise. And he's a king who sets the example for all of us. And he says to you that the works that I do, you're going to do greater. God is trying to expand and help you to understand the greatness of what you possess because Christ in you lives inside of you. Man, I'll tell you, when I was on that ship this past week and Carol and I, we would wake up and we would pray and... You know, we started our time in prayer just, and Lord, we just said, Lord, even though we're out here on this big, big boat in the beautiful uh, Gulf of Mexico, blue water, we just said, Lord, let our light shine today. Lord, we just thank you that even though there's a party atmosphere all over this boat and there's a lot of people getting drunk and sauced and, you know, they were dining and dancing and it, it was a, it was a good time having a great time. But 
I felt like the Lord said, you know what? I want, I want to bring a different atmosphere. Ray, I, I brought you even on this ship to realize that you bring a new atmosphere to a generation that's dying. When God told Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead, what he was saying, it's a time to let go of things that you think are to be the way they are. It's time to let go of dead things. Everyone say dead things. It's time to release dead things that hold you down, hold you back, restrict, restrain you. It's time to let Moses die. Moses represented methods, ideas, things that we do, ideas, the kind of short-sighted, minded, small-minded, grasshopper thinking Christianity. God wants you to start thinking like kings and priests that he calls you to be. And this is what he says, the word to Joshua. And this is the word of the Lord to us today, because let me tell you, folks, I believe God is calling this church to cross a Red Sea. I believe God is going to be calling us in the days ahead that there's going to be some challenges. He's calling us to cross some Red Seas that is going to require on our parts some real faith. It's going to require us to say, okay, wow, I don't understand it. I don't necessarily even agree with it. I don't necessarily see what's happening. But if God is going with us, I want to be with what God's doing. Amen. And how many of you know when God told Joshua to cross the sea, he told them to cross when the Jordan was swelling. Have you noticed that God's timing is not always our timing? It'd be nice to cross when the waters are lower where it's not so deep and the swamps are not so full of water. In fact, we always know here when the weather, uh, when there's an out downpour, the, one of the things a weatherman will tell you it, uh, is to, to avoid driving out when there's flood waters because of flash flooding, because you can, you can get in a very dangerous predicament. It's interesting that God, in the, in the way God works, God calls his people to move forward when there's a flash flood. Can you believe that? Why does he call us to move in the most dangerous time? Because this is the way God shows himself powerful for his people. And one of the things I've come to find out is that one of the ways that God shows himself miraculous is when he strips us to a place where we can't do nothing in our own strength and it's all but God. So what he does it for. But he gives Joshua this word here this morning. He gives it to us. And he says, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land, which I'm giving you to the children of Israel. And then he says this, verse three, number one, the place that every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Everyone say every place. We need to start saying every promise. Every promise that God has given to me, it's mine. Healing is mine. Finances are mine. Uh, strength is mine in Jesus' name. A good, solid marriage is mine. I've got great, awesome kids. They're mine. You might be facing some challenges right now, but my Bible teaches us. And you may say, well, pastor, this, this is Old Testament, Old Covenant theology. Listen to me, folks. Do you know that the Bible of the New Testament was the Old Testament? And there's an old hermeneutical principle we need to remember. That the old is in the new revealed and the new is in the old concealed. God hid those mysteries in the old covenant, but was revealed through Jesus Christ. But even there's still amazing treasures, amazing riches, even as we go back into the stories of the Old Testament. Because it is a picture. 
it is an example for us to realize that God wants us to realize that it's not so much about the destination, but as much as it is about the journey. It wasn't just getting them into the promised land, but it was what they were learning and how they were growing as God brought them on this pilgrimage. There's a pilgrimage. God is bringing us on a pilgrimage. And in this pilgrimage, see, the destiny isn't just to get you to heaven. That's not God's plan just to get you to heaven. God's plan is to transform your life and to build literally a package of miracles through the process of testimonies as you begin to trust him on each level that he brings you through. And so he says this, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given it you. So what did they have to do? In order for them to possess anything, they had to put their foot forward. They had to take a step. You have to make a move. Everyone say a move. God is telling New Life Fellowship, it's time to make a move. Amen. I'm not saying necessarily physically, but I do believe God is saying he wants us to make some moves. He wants us to put our stuff. It's easy to stand on the east side of the Jordan and look at the promised land and say, well, someday we're going to be over there in that promised land. Someday, way, way over there. No, God is saying it's time to let go of Moses. See, Moses represented people who had become comfortable. Do you know in the wilderness, the children of Israel had free food, free clothes, They had free uh, housing. Everything was free. It was given to them on a platter. And the clothes on their back never wore out. But every morning they had to wake up and eat the same old banana manna. Manna every morning. And you know what? They got tired of manna. Because God wanted them to realize that that was not their place. How many of you real, have, how many have ever come to a place where you're kind of tired of being where you're at and you know there's something more? I want to tell you right now, I'm a pastor right now in my spirit. I am not happy with where I'm at. Now, I'm grateful. I am thankful to God for where he has brought us and what he has done. I really am. I'm grateful. But I know that we are not to stay here any longer. It is time to move forward. God's going to raise up some new leaders in this house. There are some new ministries to be birthed here. God wants to begin to bring to fruition and to bring to the surface people who have never even thought that God could ever use them. This is a time where God is going to begin to shake the olive branch in this house and there's going to be a fresh anointing that's going to begin to flow. God's going to begin to stir, speak, quicken, even you young people. Amen. The house of the Lord is not just for the old people. God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon your sons and your daughters and they're going to prophesy. They're going to dream dreams. Do you know what happened in the book of Acts? When the Holy Spirit, God healed a generational gap. He brought old men with visions and young men with dreams. He brought them together. There was no more generation. They were working together. He began to heal the gender gap. There was no longer just men in ministry and the women sat on the side. No, God was moving on sons and daughters. There's neither bond nor free, male nor female, uh, a slave nor Greek and all these, but all are one in Jesus Christ. 
God's bringing us all together. And what God is saying today is everyone is important. Everyone has something to add. There is no such thing as a sideliner. There is no such thing as a person who just says, well, I'm just here to put my nickel in the bucket and just kind of let the leadership up there do their thing. And I'll just kind of coast and just kind of pray for the, the, the house of the Lord. No, God's calling all of us to report for duty. That's why he calls us the body of Jesus. How many of you got your 10 fingers this morning? How many of you got 10 toes? How many of you glad you got your elbows and ankles and kneecaps and praise God? Aren't you glad that your body, isn't it awesome when all of your body is working together? Amen. Can you imagine if all of a sudden the right arm's just hanging there, it's kind of dead and limp and maybe the left arm doesn't want to work either and maybe you're just a one hop along kind of a guy and the body's aching and hurting. Well, you know, that kind of a body becomes spastic. It becomes paralyzed. It, it's not effective. It's not useful. And, you know, the church for a long time has been a church that's been paralyzed. It's, it's been uh, limited. It's been uh, thwarted. It's, it's it been uh, uh, bound by the powers of darkness and by the lies of the enemy. And today Jesus is declaring freedom and liberty to his people. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everyone say liberty. I made a declaration. I told my wife and I told my leadership, I will not be in a church. I do not want to be part of a church where the Holy Spirit is not present. Boy, I should have had the house shout down on that one. Do you want to be a part of a church where the Holy Spirit is not there? I want to be, I I would never, I'll never forget Catherine Coleman years ago. She says, I don't want to be on this planet for five minutes if the Holy Spirit was lifted. I never want to be in a, you see, but there's a lot of places. There's a lot of places today. And I want to tell you this. I don't say this in a, in a, in a, in a condescending way, but there's a lot of places where the Holy Spirit is not welcome. It's not welcome. You know why? Because the preachers have got their programs. They got their plans and they're not interested in seeing the Holy Spirit move among their people. You see, this is not about what we do up here. This is about the body of Christ becoming restored, healed. It's about the body of Christ becoming resurrected. It's about you as believers becoming mighty men and mighty women of God, leaders in your society, fathers, husbands that that are effectual, effective, raising champion children making an impact in your generation. You are not a loser. You are not victims. You are not just here because you're just to hear a little sermonette for Christianettes. No, you are here to be equipped for the work of the ministry, for the call of God. And by the way, all of us are going to give an account someday for what God has given to us. And I know that as, as a pastor this morning, I want to read just a few more verses. I want to pray. He says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on, I have given you from the wilderness of Lebanon as far as the great river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward going down shall be your territory. God does set boundaries here, but he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake me, forsake you. Can you say amen to that? God gives us this, gives us the promise. But this is the crucial part right here. Down in verse 8, I want you to see what he says. But this book, this book of the law shall not depart from what? Your mouth. 
But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. How many of you want to have success? He says the book of the law. You know what? what? What really just amazes me today is that in light of what's going on in our streets and you can't turn the television on it, by the way, may I make you just a pastoral? Don't get caught up with what's going on on television. It's a distraction. I want to say this to you. I'm not suggesting that we should not be praying for our nation and that we should not be aware. Yes, we should be aware and we need to pray. But don't allow your spirit to be overwhelmed and overcome by the problem to such a degree that you begin to start taking sides. Because now you've fallen into the trap of where you are doing what Paul said not to do. It says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle. And I want to tell you right now, the problem in our country will never be answered through legislation, will never be answered through more money. It's not going to be answered through any plan of man. It will only be answered as God's word declared in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, where he said that if my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and then I will heal their land. That's the only answer. It is not legislation. It's not going to be through any great plan. It's not going to be through a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, more money thrown at it. It will never happen that way. So I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit, don't get caught up in the rhetoric. In fact, I, I want to give you a word of the Lord. Shut your TVs off. Turn them off. Don't get caught up into that stuff. Start turning your Bible on. Open the Word. Let me tell you, you're going to find yourself going so much farther with the Holy Spirit in your life anyway. Because let me tell you, people today, they're taking sides. Even Christians are getting caught up into this stuff. And folks, it's not a battle we're supposed to fight. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. The way we win this, we see, the problem is it's our world. They don't realize that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of men and his only goal is to destroy this nation. It's his only goal. But when you begin to call upon the Lord and God begins to quicken his people, the Bible says you as salt and light in the earth is going to be a light that's going to draw all nations to Christ. That's why Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Why for all nations? Because in his kingdom, everyone is honored. Everyone is respected. Everyone counts. Everyone is, is important. There is, no, uh, there is no differences at all. And so let, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's be careful. Amen? Shall we do that? But the Bible says not to allow the book of the Lord to depart from your mouth. Everyone say my mouth. Amen. The, the word of the Lord to Joshua was that he was to let Moses die. Some of us need to let some things go. Some of you need to forgive yourself. 
Some of you are not moving forward because there's sins, there's failures in your past you're holding on to. God says, let it go. I've already forgiven you. It's not even on my mind. It's in my sea of forgetfulness. I've already erased it out of my mind. I'm waiting for you to arise and move forward. Some of us have allowed people who have hurt us, who've offended us, that we haven't forgiven. It's time to release the bitterness, forgive them so you can move forward. That's a word of the Lord to somebody this morning. Some of us this morning, we've got grasshopper thinking. We've limited God because we say, Lord, you just don't know how limited I am, how weak I am. I'm not gifted. I don't have anything to share, nothing to say. God can't use me. Let me tell you something right now. Do you know that your Bible says that God chooses the weak things to confound the wisdom of men? God uses the things that are not, the things that are weak. In fact, if you feel weak this morning, you feel small, you feel that you can't, you are God's chosen man and woman. Do you know why? Why? Because he likes people like you, so no flesh will glory in his presence. It's all about the glory going to God. You know, see, God doesn't work like man thinks. And so I, I just want you to know, as a Joshua generation, we're moving forward. I don't know what that all means. But I, I, we are right now in seasons of fasting and prayer, and I sense in my spirit, God is saying, Ray, change is coming. Everyone say that. Change is coming. Say it one more time. Change is coming. Now, I know some of you are thinking, oh, boy, what does that mean? Well, just change is coming. Whatever God's doing, whatever he's saying, I I honestly don't know the whole picture. In fact, you know what? God chooses not to always reveal it because when we start knowing everything, we try to figure it out and work it out our own way. Sometimes God doesn't reveal things to you until the very last minute. God never told Moses that he was going to open the Red Red Sea when when the Egyptians were on their back. He just told them to go towards the Red Sea. He comes to the Red Sea. The Egyptians are coming. The Red Sea is there. And God says, now, now stretch out your rod. He didn't tell him that back in Egypt. He didn't tell him he was going to have to do that. Sometimes God brings you right to that breaking point, and then he tells you what to do. And the reason why he does that is because he knows that we're kind of, we interfere. And we start trying to help God out. And God doesn't need Ray's help. Uh, You don't have to amen that one, but (laughs) praise God. Amen. But I will say amen to that too. Amen. He doesn't need our help. But I'll tell you right now, I just sense in my spirit something something is happening. And I I, I don't know what it is. By the way, this coming Wednesday night, we're going to be praying for our nation. We're going to be praying for Obama. We're going to pray salvation, wisdom for that man. We're going to pray for the wisdom on these mayors and leaders and legislators. We're going to give thanks to God for our leaders. Amen. And that's what the Bible says. In everything, give thanks. Amen. We don't know how it's all going to happen, but we're going to stand on the Lord's side. Amen. Let's take our feet this morning. Amen. You are a Joshua generation. You're a Joshua generation with a Joshua vision, and a Joshua vision is a great vision. You've got a great vision with a great plan. You have great faith with a great family. You're in a great church, and we've got a great future. Amen? Oh, Pastor Ray, you're just kind of a glorified cheerleader this morning. Yes! 
I want to tell you something. We've got a God who's a better cheerleader than I am. And he's on your side. And he's here this morning. He's here to blow upon you. He's here to blow some fresh wind in somebody's sail. I sense this morning there are some people this morning you just kind of been tired. You've been stressed out. You, you've been kind of locked up and blocked up and you've been kind of caught up with things that are going on on the outside. And the Lord is just saying, I want you to come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I want to give you rest. We serve a God who loves and longs to impart rest to his people. He loves you, church. He's an amazing shepherd. He loves his people. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They follow me and they find green pastures. Amen. How many of you would like to lie down in green pastures? How many of you would like to drink beside still waters this morning? How many of you would like to know that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid of any evil because the Lord's your shepherd. Amen. Bill, you're an amazing man of God. Lonnie, awesome man. You're a Joshua. Amen. You're an amazing leader. God's anointing and call is on your life. You too, Terry. Dwight, amazing man of God. Amen. Randall, powerful anointing on your life. The, the spirit of David, you're a worshiper. It's on your life. Amen. Praise God. God just, God's hands on all of you, gentlemen. James, amen. The, the anointing, the spirit of David is even on you. James, you're a worshiper. You're a lover of his presence, a lover of his glory, and you've seen God's power work. Amen. God's just doing amazing things. And God wants to stir your hearts. He wants to stir your gift this morning. Amen. He wants you to re remind you this morning that it's time to let Moses die. It's time to let those things that have held us back from moving forward to let him go. Amen? Take your neighbor by the hand this morning. I'm just, we're just going to pray as an entire congregation. We're going to release you. Father, we thank you this morning that Jesus Christ, captain of our salvation, who died and rose again, who raised us this morning and has seated us with him in heavenly places, Lord, to rule and reign as kings and priests who shed his blood that we might have access into your presence. And Lord, access even into this glory, into this fullness. Lord, where he who dwells all in all, dwelling in us, O oh Lord, might bring us into the fullness of a kingdom and release all that he has in that kingdom by the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus upon your people. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that we would come not with fear, Lord, not with any kind of trepidation or intimidation, but we would come boldly to the throne of grace. Lord, understanding our call, understanding the prize which has been set before us. Father, you've placed us here. Lord, you've given us amazing favor this morning. You have favored us. And Lord, we don't take that lightly. We know that you've favored us to bring, uh, to bring liberty and bring a message of hope to those that are lost and in bondage. Lord, we thank you, Lord. I, I even thank you, Lord, for the encounter Carol and I had with Dennis this past week. Lord, just touch that man. Bring salvation and healing to him, Lord. Lord, we know that all around us there are needs. And Lord, we know that you have made us the answer to those needs of people that are actually praying even right now. 
Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for the word. I, I thank you for the gift of the prophetic that's going to be stirred. The prophetic word is going to come to this church through the people in this house. Words, visions, and dreams coming, coming in Jesus' name. Seeds. God's going to begin to stir in the area of, of, of the arts and, and, and different areas of ministry and opportunity. We just give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor, give them a hug, and tell them they're winners in Jesus' name. <clears throat> God bless. Have an amazing day today. If any of you would like prayer, feel free to come down for prayer. We'd love to pray with you. Love to be with you. Bless you in Jesus' name.